0: You are now listening to Zion's Call, the international media voice of First Harvest Ministries, distributed by SL Voices, declaring to the nations of the world that the kingdom of Yahweh, the Almighty Creator, is coming to earth, and the great Sabbath rest will come to the entire planet. All wrongs will be made right, all wickedness shall cease, and the glory of God shall cover the earth as the waters of the sea. This broadcast is designed to reach for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, scattered throughout the Gentile nations of the world. Shane Vaughn, an author of 23 published books, television presenter, radio host, and founding bishop of First Harvest Ministries, has been given a heavenly mandate to help reach the end-time bride of Yeshua, the Messiah, and help cleanse her in perfecting glory with the restored truths of the revealed Word of God. If you have heard the call to come out of her people, and you wish to understand your role in the coming Kingdom of God, then this divine appointment has been sent to you to more perfectly instruct you in the ways of the master and to share with you the true gospel of the coming kingdom of God. Please tune in now, share with a friend, grab your Bibles, and gather with Shane and Karen Vaughn for another edition of Zion's Call.
1: that you need a clear understanding of how God feels about pagan holidays. And when we leave this place tonight, you're going to have a clear understanding. Because some of you are already being attacked by family and friends. We're coming into the Christmas season, the Halloween season. I want to say before I get started, after you hear tonight's lesson, and you choose to celebrate whatever you want to celebrate, I love you just the same. And I mean that. There's no condemnation here tonight. There's education. This is education tonight. If you walk out that door and say, well, that was a nice lesson. Can't wait to wrap my Christmas presents. I'm going to love you like it don't matter to me. My job is to bring you the truth, and your job is to say whether you agree with it or not. Amen? So there's no condemnation. But there is education. So tonight we're going to talk about these holidays. Let's go, Brother Ken. And we're going to start reading from Sister Stephanie, oh, and we're going to take it around the room tonight. The title of tonight's lesson is The Story That You Were Never Supposed to Know. That's the title of this lesson tonight. Once upon a time. So tonight I'm going to tell y'all a story. If you can't see the screen, you may want to come over some. tonight it's, it's, it's rather important. Everybody say once upon, a time. once upon a time. Tonight I'm going to tell you a story that you was never supposed to know. Why was you never supposed to know it? Because Satan has hidden it from you. Tonight we're going to reveal it to you the next screen. Yahweh, our God, is a jealous God. How many in this room is jealous of your partner, your spouse? Amen? How many of you would like it if your spouse was going with every Tom, Dick, and Harry in town and then wanting to come back home every night? How would that work, Sister Hope? Okay, that's what I thought. Amen? Well, that's what we do to God. And I'm going to prove it to you tonight. God is a jealous God, Sister Christine. Why? Because we are His bride. He's jealous over us. Now, we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 12. And Sister Stephanie, if you'll read verse 2 through verse 8. And then Sister Vaughn, if you'll pick up at verse 13 and verse 14, and then verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 12, and we're going to go 2 through 8. Now what we're fixing to read is what Moses, what God said to the people of Israel through Moses. Deuteronomy 12, 2 through 8.
2: You must utterly destroy all places where the nations you shall drive out, out worship their gods
1: on high mountains, on hills, and under every spreading tree. Pause a moment. So God's people, who are separate people, were going into a land that worshiped their gods with certain customs. You better hear me tonight. They worshiped their gods. In certain ways, in certain traditions, certain customs. God said to his people, when you go into their land, you better not try to worship me with their customs. Read. You must destroy their altars. You got to destroy their Christmas, I'm sorry, their altars. Break down
2: their sacred pillars. Break
1: down the what? Their sacred pillars, the objects that they use in their customs. Okay, then keep working with it. and burn
2: their
1: sacred Everybody asks me, Brother Vaughn, why are you so hard on this stuff? Well, honey, you must not know the God I serve because he said I want somebody to go in there and burn it all down. Yes, sir. He said burn it down with fire. This message we preach is a message of fire to burn down these pillars of false gods. Read.
2: Cut down the images of their gods and wipe out their names from those places.
1: You must not worship Yahweh, your father, in such ways. You did you? I need I need everybody to hear that verse. You, not the world, brother Von. We can't change the world. You're right. Not trying to. We're trying to change the church.
2: Yes, sir.
1: He said, "You shall not celebrate your God in the ways that they celebrate their gods." That's so true. Now, he said, Don't even, don't, my wife preached to y'all the other night about vain worship. He said, Ain't no need even worshiping me if you're going to do it on their heels and in their ways. Keep reading.
2: But you are to seek the habitation of your Father, the house of Yahweh, the place which Yahweh your Father shall choose out of all your tribes to establish his name and there you must go. What did he say? I'm
1: going to tell you how to do it. God said if you're my people, I'm going to tell you where to do it, when to do it, and how to do it. You're not just going to worship any way you want to. It's going to be my way or no way. Amen. Read on.
3: There you must bring my
2: Offerings and sacrifices, besides, and, and special gifts you have vowed to give, your free will offerings, and your firstborn of your herds and flocks. There, in front of Yahweh, your Father, you and your family shall eat, and you shall rejoice in all that you have put your hands to do, because Yahweh, your Father, has blessed you. You must not all
3: do did as you did.
1: You, know. Did you hear that? He said, "I want you to do it my way because I have blessed you. I have blessed you. I want you to do it my way because you love me, because of how good I've been to you." Read.
2: You must not all do as we are doing here this day. Every man
1: doing what is right in his own. Oh, brother Vaughn, that's not what it means to me. Mm-hmm. Y'all better stay with me now, I'm begging you. Did you hear what he just said? He said, you can't do it just because it looks right in your eyes.
4: <laughs>
1: we don't mean it that way, Brother Vaughn. In our eyes, it's innocent. It's for the children.
4: Yeah, I heard of that.
1: God said, you got to choose who's your God, Yahweh or your child.
3: Come on. Yes.
1: But my family, Yahweh, or your family. Your
3: gods are your family members. You don't want to offend your family, but you'll offend your God. We
4: don't want the
1: family to be upset at us, but you don't care if God is. You better wake up tonight. I'm going to preach you the truth he said if you do it though way they do it don't call me your God brother Vaughn my children is crying let me tell you something if you think they're crying now wait till they realize how you lied to them
4: uh-huh.
1: when they get older yeah. read now sister Vaughn pick up in verse 13 and verse 14 Deuteronomy chapter 12 be
5: careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings in every place you
1: No, no, y'all need to hear that. Somebody better read these verses. Be careful. God said be careful not to worship me in just any old way that you want to do it. Any place that you want to do it. Any time that you want to do it. My God. Read. But only in the place shall we change. Only the way
5: I say. Out of one of your trucks, there you must offer your burnt offerings, and there you must do all that I command
1: you to. Now pick up at verse 18.
5: But you must eat these in front of Yahweh your Father in the place Yahweh your Father chooses. You and your wife, your son and your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, and the Levi who lives within your gates. And you shall rejoice in front of Yahweh your Father in everything you put
1: your hand to. Sister Vaughn, continue verse 30 now. Now this is the verse I want every member of this congregation to focus on. Verse 30 and verse through verse 32.
5: Be careful not to be ensnared into following them by asking about their God, saying, how did these nations serve their God?
1: Uh-oh, uh-oh. Is anybody seeing what I'm seeing? He said, you better be careful not to want to do it the way the world does it. Mm-hmm. He said, you better be careful not to be impressed with their trees and their ways. You better be careful not to say, how are they doing it? That's how we want to do it. God said, I've given you a way to do it. It's called the festivals of God seven times a year. Don't want to do it any other way. is unbiblical. He said, be careful. Read. Verse 31. You
5: must not worship Yahweh your Father in their ways.
1: In their ways.
5: For every abomination to Yahweh which He hates, they have done to their God. They even burned their sons and daughters in the fire of sacrifice to their God. Whatsoever I command you, be careful to observe and do it. Do it! You shall not add to it nor take away
3: from it.
1: Did you hear what he said? Whatever I commanded you to do, do that. Do yeah. No other thing. He said, y'all are going into strange lands, children. You're going to be traveling among the people of the world. Be careful that when you look over at their house and you see their tinsels and their tassels and their ways, that you don't say, well, their way is a more fun way. That way looks more exciting. We want to do, we don't want to just put blood over our doorpost. We want to put, uh, see? He said, be careful that you do what I said to do. Don't add to it. And don't take away from it. Yes, sir. God's church is guilty of doing it the world's way. And I'm going to prove it to you tonight. Let's go to the next screen. I want to talk to you about the God of specificity. We have recreated God. The God of the Bible, Yahweh, is a God of specificity. He never changes. Amen. Now I want to ask you a question. The God we just read about—he don't sound nothing like the God we hear preached in the world today. No, I the truth. Nothing. This God is—he said, "I'm so specific. I'm going to tell you where to worship me, when to worship. I because it's a test of who you are, not who I am." Woo. It's a test of whose child you are.
3: Come
1: on! I put these landmarks in place. When God said, "Don't remove the ancient landmarks," He was talking about these landmarks, these seven annual landmarks that point us to the Kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah, this is what is what today's God has no requirements. People don't even believe you got to be baptized to be saved. You don't do nothing. All you got to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout lies. It's all lies. But God don't require holiness. God don't require separation from the world. You know why? Because they preached the New Testament God.
3: I need help now they've recreated your God of the Bible
1: into their new Jesus uh-huh, yeah. the one that loves everybody the one that says you know the one that went and ate with sinners let me tell you about that the only reason he went and ate with sinners is to be a light to them to get them to stop sinning uh-huh. God is the same yesterday today and forever yeah. Yeah. we have changed How many's heard it said, I'm not going to that church, they got rules. Mm -hmm. The God that this world serves has no rules. None. No dogmas and nothing specific. People tell me all the time when I tell them about the Sabbath. Well, Brother Vaughn, do you think God really cares? I say it depends on which God you're talking about. Yes, sir. Your New Testament Jesus? No, he don't care because you've recreated. You act like he's something different than the God of the Old Testament. Yes, sir. Right. That's right. You act like he's some new version of God. Yeah. So no, he don't care. He's not specific. With him, you can do it any way you want to. But when you go back to this God. Yes he cares He said be very careful you don't do it any other way Except the way I tell you Somebody say it's a straight way way. And yes even Jesus said that He said it's a straight way He said it's a narrow way Few there be that can endure this way
2: Hallelujah He's the God of live and let live
1: now If you serve this God, you do not serve Yahweh, Jehovah. You don't serve the God of the Bible. You serve the God of your imagination. He is holy and so are his people. Listen to me tonight. Your God is holy. If you're not, then he's not your God. He's different from all the other so-called gods. He's God alone. He's separated from the other gods of the world. And he commands you to be modest, to be holy, to be separated, to
3: talk different, to walk different, to live different, to live in Every day,
1: like he lives yes. but the God of this day and age is not the same God of the Old Testament now one of the areas of his specificity is in the area of time who created time no. who alone has the authority to rewrite a song if, they, if it's been written no. only the, the one that wrote the song God created time And Satan is jealous of time just like he's jealous of marriage who created marriage Who created man and who wants man Satan who wants marriage Satan who wants the tithe Satan who wants the Sabbath Satan who wants time Satan so tonight I'm going to tell you a story of how Satan stole time From God let's go to the next screen the story begins in Genesis 1.14, Sister Justina. If you'll read that for us tonight. The story begins with Genesis 1 and 14. Let's all turn there tonight and read it.
2: And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them, let them be signs for a season and for days
1: and for years. Sister Justine, I have a question for you, not to put you on the spot. When you see the word season, what comes to your mind?
5: Uh, like
1: so much room after Amen. Amen. Yes, ma'am. So with, I'll
5: just show you a different verse. Right. And Yahweh said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark the feast and for days
1: and years. Amen, that's the correct version. Listen carefully. When we see the word season, we think spring, summer, fall, and winter, but that is a horrible mistranslation. God created three things in the sky, the sun, the moon, the stars, and he did not create them for light. Now, Brother Vine, I thought God said, uh, he, let there be light. Well, he did that way before he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. God don't need any of that for light. God is light. Come on now. There was light in Genesis 1 and 1 when he said, let there be light. The sun wasn't created till four days later. These were not created to give light. They were created as signs... And markers of time. Now this is important because it's the most prophetic verse in the Bible. Genesis 1.14. All end time prophecies refer to that one verse. The word seasons is a mistranslation. It does not mean seasons. But rather the word in Hebrew is moedim. The Hebrew word mo, moedim means a what? A divine appointment. Hallelujah. And what is a feast day? It is a what? Divine appointment. The sun, the moon, and the stars were created to tell you when it was time for a divine appointment with God. That's why the Bible says when Jesus returns, there would be signs in the heavens. Yeah why do you think when Yahshua was born in a manger there was a sign in the heaven because God created these signs these blood moons and all of these things to speak to us from heaven so when you read Genesis 1.14 it was not created for seasons it was created for the feast of God That's the only reason he made them. Only reason he created them. Next screen. So why the change? Did the translators purposely intend to deceive us? No. Because like us, they were clueless of the Hebrew roots of their faith. They had no idea what this Hebrew meant. They had no idea that it was referring to the appointed days or the Sabbaths of Yahweh. Next screen. Now why is this significant? I want to show you something. What I have on the screen here tonight are things that have been collected from antiquity by archaeologists. This particular coin on the left is the star and crescent of Hara. It comes back from the times before Babylon. And I want you to notice on every one of these signets you will find the sun, the moon, and the stars. Every one of these belong to false religion. Satan Lucifer has done his best to reclaim time and to the Bible said that he would seek in the book of Daniel, he would seek to change time. Why? Because he wants to turn the sun, the moon, and the stars into astrology. Astrology didn't begin with Satan, honey,
4: it began with
1: Yahweh, and Satan perverted it. He stole the sun, the moon, and the stars and created a religion out of it called astrology. And ever since that day, we're scared to talk about the stars. And the, the, Satan is good at what he does. God's church, we like to follow the star. Do you not believe what did the wise men say? We have followed his, his star. But Satan has robbed the church so now we can't tell time, we can't tell when the feast days are because Satan's religion, what is this right there? A crescent moon. Have you ever seen a Muslim flag? What's on the Muslim flag? A crescent moon. Look at all of these and you'll find the sun, the moon, and the stars. What is Procter and Gamble's symbol? The moon and the stars. You've got to get this tonight or you won't understand my passion against these holidays. Let's read. Go to the next screen. Why is this significant? The entire army of Satan is built around perverting the original. Why do you think we have homosexual marriage now? That's not the original. It's the perversion of the original. Satan is a perverter. He can't create anything. He perverts everything. Remember what I just said. He creates nothing. Yahweh is a creator. Satan is not. Satan is a perverter of creation. Yahweh, God created sex. Satan did what? Perverted it. Made something beautiful nasty. Because he is a perverter. All of his workers, listen to this carefully, are under these symbols. The Wiccans, the Pagans, the Satanists, they all operate under stars, suns, and moons. And this you're going to see in a moment why this is so important. If you'll notice this one on my right, this is the sun, I, I wish... Where's that pointer? Here it is. See if I I found my pointer. Oh yeah. It's on now. (laughs) Y'all look right there. You see that image? See the man with the sun around his head? That is supposedly the son of God. The sun. Here's the moon. And there's the stars. Over here, the Sumerian star of the goddess Ishtar. Have you ever seen the Eastern Stars organization? You know what I'm talking about, the Eastern Stars? They're the female version of the Masons. The Eastern Stars. That's their symbol. Next screen. Why would Lucifer care about the moon? Why would he hijack time? Because the moon is one of three signs that Yahweh chose for keeping time. It was placed there as a marker for his appointments with his people. And guess who wants to stop these appointments? Satan. Next screen. If he can remove the markers, then we will miss the appointments. If you go to the doctor and he gives you an appointment card, Mm -hmm and you lose that card you're probably going to miss the appointment God gave us a card in the sky of when these appointments were to be now notice this image it's 4,000 years old this is the image of the sun the moon and the stars that comes from a Babylonian temple false gods, false worship Lucifer has created an anti-system of God's holy system next screen Here's the anti system. You remember I just showed you the sun, the man with the sun around his head? Look what the Pope of Rome holds in his hands, it is the sun. And look what the Virgin Mary is above the moon. Now these are all from the Catholic Church. Every one of these symbols. Look right here on the altar of Jesus Christ in a Roman Catholic Church and tell me what's on the floor. The sun. Now what this is where they put the holy oil, and that is the sun. Now why am I showing you this tonight? because God's system has an anti-system or an anti-Christ better wake up now notice it's the exact same symbols in this church as, as ancient Babylon what did Babylon worship? the sun remember that come out of her my people anything she created run from it Next screen. It all started with Nimrod, the grandson of Noah. Noah had three sons, Shem, Him, and Japheth. Ham had a son named Cush. He was cursed. And Cush had a boy named Nimrod. He was king of the world, Nimrod was. And Nimrod was the first enemy of God. Nimrod created a religion in Babylon, the tower of what? Babylon, Babylon. Babylon. Nimrod was the first king of Babylon and he was the enemy of God and God came down and destroyed his temple or his tower. Next screen. He was the father of Babel. He created great armies, temples, and towers. He ruled right after the great flood of Noah. His traits are always rebellious towards Yahweh. Next screen. Nimrod married a woman. Now I want you to follow this story because you're going to see this story every Christmas morning. (laughs) Stay with me now. You're going to see this story every Easter. You're going to see these people show back up, this Babylonian system. Her name that he married, this woman right here, was Semiramis. She was the queen of the world. Now Nimrod died And what did the people do with Nimrod? They turned him into a what? A god. They believed that he went into the sun and he was now the sun god. Or Baal, B-A-A-L. Stay with me. Now he went to the sun, and any time you see Baal in the scriptures, you can always trace him back to Nimrod. And when you see the name Asheroth in the Bible, you can always trace Asheroth back to Semiramis. The names might change in culture, but it's always about the same people. Baal now rules the universe through the what? The sun. It's all sun worship. Go down to your local Catholic church. I'll show you the sun all over their churches. They worship the sun. Why do you think they change God's Sabbath to the day of the sun? I'm going to get somewhere tonight whether you like it or not. Next screen. Semiramis is the whore of Babylon. She became impregnated by the sun's rays after her husband died. And he went to be the sun god. The legend said, and she said, that she got pregnant by her husband after he died. Now hold tight. Now y'all don't think that's strange. But we got another woman getting pregnant supernaturally. Yeah. I need you to stay with me. It's going to get so deep tonight, you're not going to know what hits you. She, Semiramis, supposedly got impregnated by the rays of the sun. Her husband, Baal, the the sun god. Now, they had a child from that impregnation. Now no, this is not real. This is legend that was told from Babylonian times. So they had a son from that magical pregnancy. (laughs) And his name was Tammuz. you ain't got to believe what I'm saying you got Google on your phone go Google Tammuz you'll see everything I'm telling you it don't take long to study this stuff now Wikipedia tells us that Tammuz whenever his mother died she also went to the sun and became the queen of heaven do you know what the Catholic Church calls Mary? Yeah. The what? The Queen, the Queen of Heaven. The Mother of God. Now, this is so important, and you're going to see why God's true church is running as far away from this as we can. Because we want nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. Now, uh, go to the next screen. Tammuz was called. The Son. The son of God. Because he came from the son. The son God. When he became a man, he had a sexual union with his own mother. Watch this. And he took his father's place and ruled the world on behalf of his father. In the 40th year, he was killed by a wild animal called a pig, a wild boar, when he was 40 years old. And now you're going to know why every Easter, there's an Easter ham sitting on the table. That started in Babylon. Because it was a pig that killed Tammuz. And they've been putting a pig on the table every Easter in honor of Tammuz. Where do you think it started? you think just one day somebody said, let's start eating ham on Easter? This goes way back. It's been happening for years. And, if, and by the way, there won't be no ham in the millennial kingdom. If you think the marriage supper is going to have one unclean animal sitting on the table, you don't know your Bible. Don't get mad at me for telling you the truth. I'm telling you, start practicing now for kingdom living. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, God, I want to be separate from the world. I want to be different. No, I may not go to hell. That's the least of my concerns. I just want to practice now for kingdom living. Hallelujah. Now... This is part of the legend. When the queen of heaven went to heaven and she got there, Baal rejected her. Stay with me now. He said, no, I don't want you. So he sends her back to earth. You'll never guess what he sent her back to earth in. A big old egg. Next screen. No, right here, sorry, sorry, right here. When he became a man, shortly after she died, her husband came back to egg. When she came out of this egg, according to Babylonian legend, the first thing she did was turn a bird into a rabbit. What's the two symbols of Easter? Birds Aves. and rabbits. And And this is what God's church celebrates every Easter, putting their children out there hunting for these Ishtar eggs. That's right. But you're going to preach against smoking a
4: cigarette.
1: Oh, I know you don't want to hear it. I don't care. No, I don't believe it's good to smoke. I don't believe in any of that. But I'll tell you what I also don't believe it is good to do. That's to worship God in pagan ways. <laughs> Hallelujah. Next screen. Sounds like a fairy tale, Brother Vaughn. That's exactly what it is. It's a Babylonian legend. It's a fancy word for a lie of Babylon, and
3: that lie is practiced in every Christian church
1: four times a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You send your children to God's church to learn the truth. You know the church they won't lie to you. first lie we tell them is rabbits lay eggs. God's going to clean this end time church up. He's going to bring us back to the apostolic days where they practice apostolic faith. Hallelujah to God.
3: Hallelujah to God. Yeah. Woo! He don't want to just clean your clothes up. He wants to clean your house up. He wants to clean your practices up. He wants to clean your language up. He wants to clean your.
1: here claim to be a child of God. I want to say a show of hands. Amen. You identify with the God of Israel. My question is, does a separated people have any biblical authority to participate in such lies? None next screen and what's so you know what's so sad people watching me tonight live what's so sad is people don't get mad at the people that lied to them they get mad at me for telling them the truth <laughs> here. and that's a fact they don't care they got lied to but they get mad if I tell this truth to them they'll go all over town and say we don't want nothing to do with people from Miracle Tabernacle as long as he's up there teaching that well go worship your tree then you know the truth and God's going to hold you accountable hallelujah now what I just showed you was the lies of Babylon this is the truth of God Passover unleavened bread Pentecost trumpets, day of atonement, tabernacles and such worthy celebrations such as Hanukkah ones that celebrate the God of Israel rather than the Babylonian lies now I know there's some new folks here and you've got children and I know it's hard when it comes that time of the year I want to suggest to you tonight go all out for Hanukkah Put lights around your house the color of blue. That's the law of God. Put white lights around your house. Make it to where they don't even miss that pagan holiday. Celebrate the oil. Do you know you're supposed to eat donuts every day of Hanukkah, all eight days? Who don't want to eat donuts? (laughs) Now, honey, I'll have to come off my diet during Hanukkah. (laughs) Why do we eat donuts? Because it's a celebration of the oil. What do we do with donuts? We fry them in what? Oil. Oil. So decorate your homes. Do it bigger than you ever did for paganism. And give your child gifts all eight nights of Hanukkah. God says to celebrate holy things. Hallelujah. Next screen. Seven festivals of Yahweh. Now let me ask you a question. You see all of this? Look at it. He died for my sins on Passover. He was buried on unleavened bread, rose as the first fruit, sent the Holy Ghost at the day of Pentecost. He's coming again. He's going to bind Satan. He's going to set up his kingdom, and he's going to reach the whole world. You're
3: asking me to trade that truth for the lies of Easter bunnies, and Santa Claus says, No, thank you.
1: waiting on it, hallelujah don't trade the beautiful truth for the lie and what's so sad is that Satan will make the lie more beautiful than the truth that's good, he's good at what he does with that shiny apple, next screen now I want to read some things to you now, there's a book that I bought, that I, I wasn't going to bring it in here, last time I brought a book in here people went crazy and acted stupid on me so I ain't going to bring the book in here. Like you, fra- it's funny, you got all power, but you're scared of a book. Anyway, y'all wasn't here so some of you, you don't know what I'm talking about. The rest of you do. So I'm just going to give you the quotes from a book I read today. It's called The Pagan Book of Days. Listen to me carefully. Pagans are witches. They are the enemies of Yahweh. Here's what I read, direct quotes from that book. Let's go to the second paragraph. Here's what they say. One of the most important elements of paganism is the worship of the goddess. Now, are you and I commanded to do nothing in the ways of the heathen that worships false gods? Okay, keep that thought in your mind. They admit that the purpose of paganism is to worship the female god, the goddess. Guess what that is, a false god. So if they have a celebration designed for that false god, I'm commanded to have nothing to do with it. Alright? Here's what they say. Her name changes in different cultures, but they all refer to this one goddess as the queen of heaven. We're going back to Semiramis, remember? Her name changed from Ashtaroth to Ishtar. Every culture gives her a different name, but she's the same woman. Isis, Aphrodite, Ashtaroth, and then finally Ishtar. Do you know that the word Easter is nowhere in your Bible? Nowhere, not one time. Now you think it is, but that's a wrong translation. I'll deal with that later. Here's the next quote from page number one, paragraph two of this book. Paganism worships both the God and the goddess, the male and the female. That's where your spirit of Jezebel comes from. The woman wanting to be equal with the man. It comes from paganism. A woman will never be equal to a man. Doesn't mean the man is better than her, but they are totally different. They're not equal.
4: Amen. Never.
1: They'll never be equal. And anybody that tries to make them equal has perverted the original design of Yahweh. Paganism wants the woman in the same position as the man. Yahweh says, I alone in God, besides me there is no other. So if you're celebrating a holiday that celebrates a religion that believes in a God and a goddess, then you have joined in with
3: their idolatry,
1: beloved. But we're just doing it for the children. Next screen. Here's the next quote listen carefully, they say on page number four, pagan festivals must take place at certain times when the sun aligns with the moon. Or when real time, now some of you don't know what real time versus mean time is, and I don't have time to explain it tonight. But in pagan religion, their most holy days have to line up to real time meeting mean time. And the only time that happens is December the 25th. And I'm sorry, it happens four times a year. One of them is December the 25th. The other is Easter. Now, there's a reason these holidays fall when they fall. Because it's all devil worship. The next quote. Now, this comes from their book, not from me. So if you're watching me, you're mad. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at this book. Here's for the next quote. Paganism, in paganism or in witchcraft... Sunday is the Lord's day. When I read that, I was like, well, that's strange. Sunday is the Lord's day. The first day of the week. And then I read the next line. Because to them, the Son is the Lord. The Son is the Supreme God or the Supreme Lord. So Sunday is Baal's day. The day of the Lord. Now. They worship the sun, so that's appropriate. Sunday, the first day of the week, is the day that they set aside to worship the sun. That's why you have an Easter sunrise service. They lift their hands and worship the rising sun. Oh, it gets good. Just wait. Wait and got started. Here's the next quote directly from their book. Are you ready? They say the church observes, they say, the the witches say, that the church, speaking of the Catholic church, observes dual faith days. Dual two faiths. While they profess to deny other gods, They observe our gods with us. This is what the witches say about the church. We're a joke to them. Because we celebrate right along with them on the days they created. And they say that we have a dual faith. That's called hypocrisy is another word for it. Saying one thing, doing another. That's page 11. Next screen. Here's another quote. Other pagan celebrations are not fixed like December the 25th. This is gonna get very interesting. They move every year with the equinox. And they coincide with the moon. These days are observed today in various witchcraft traditions and the church, that's what it says. I'll show it to you. It's celebrated by witches and the church as Easter, and here's the next quote, Easter, in their words, not mine, Easter is the most important festival of the witchcraft year, more than Halloween, and I'm going to show you why, because that's when Semiramis gets pregnant by the sun again every year, Oh yes, at the Easter sunrise service She would lay on the altar And the sun would impregnate her again With the son of God That was going to be born nine months later On December the 25th And then the next quote says This is the spring celebration Of the goddess Ishtar Now listen to this Easter must always occur the first Sunday after the spring equinox, or it's not a true pagan day. Why do you think Easter every year changes? Because we follow the pagans. They tell us when Easter is. They tell us when Easter is every year, but notice why they do it. I'm fixing to show you something that's going to blow your mind. The reason they change Easter every year, because they're scared of something. This is from their own words, not mine. Next stream. Next stream. Get ready for this next quote. This date was chosen by the church as well as the pagans so it would never coincide with Passover they hate Passover the blood of Jesus Christ they have Easter service a month before Passover many years they celebrate the resurrection before he ever even died and they do it because they hate the Jews. And they hate the faith of the Bible. So they celebrate Easter so it don't run headlong into the Passover celebration. But they still claim their Easter is the Passover. And that's that's correct. That's right. They changed it. The Catholic Church Polycarp went to Rome and begged the Pope not to change it. Polycarp, the last disciple of Christ, 80-something years old, got on a boat from Jerusalem. This is facts, darling. Google it. And rode
3: to Rome. This old man of God, John's disciple, and knocked on the door of the Pope and begged him not to change the Passover and rename it, Easter. This church is the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Come out of her, my people. And be not partakers of her sin. Come out of her. Reject every You rejected her, we rejected her trinity. We rejected her trinity. We rejected her baptism of sprinkling. We rejected her three gods.
1: But we kept all of our festivals. If you're going to be apostolic, be apostolic.
3: Right.
1: Hallelujah to God. Yes, Christmas Day. Let me tell you what happens. When Semiramis, and to this day in Babylon, to this day... In the witchcraft religion, there will be a young virgin that will go on Easter morning, but before the sun comes up, they will lay her towards the east, so that when the sun comes up, it can impregnate her on behalf of Ishtar the goddess. That baby will be born nine months later, December the 25th. Why? Because in every pagan religion, December the 25th is the day when the Son God, the Son of God, is reborn. In Rome they call it Sol Invictus the day of the sun and Constantine was a sun worshipper and who was it that forced the church
3: to celebrate December the 25th Constantine a sun
1: worshipper somebody read for me Exodus 22 and 18 I want to show you
5: something not suffer a witch to live. What did you just say? Thou shalt not suffer a witch
1: to live. Now change that word from witch to pagan. Don't you let a pagan live. You that's sitting in this congregation, oh paganism, and I I don't, it's just paganism. God hates it. Amen. He said, kill every witch, kill every pagan. Now, we can't go around and do that, but I'll tell you what we can do. We kill it in the midst of our assembly. We kill a witch in this assembly. We can kill witchcraft. We can kill paganism and not allow it to live one more year
3: in our midst. We can kill.
1: And the blessings will overtake us because of that. God said don't let a witch live. But you're going to go celebrate with them. The problem is you don't believe in that God anymore. We believe in the New Testament God. Next screen I'm trying to close. Christmas is Yule. The Yule tree is... Came from witchcraft. I'm not going to read all of this, but here's what I do want to do. Sister Vaughn, who've we brother, brother Thomas, brother Allen, grab me Deuteronomy 16:21. Sister Christine, you feel like reading or no? Are you able to read or no? Okay, go over to Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1 through verse 4. All right, brother Allen, Deuteronomy 16:21.
3: Thou shalt not
1: plant thee a grove of any trees
2: near unto the altar of the Lord thy God,
1: which thou shalt make thee. Whoa. Whoa. You might want to read that again. I don't think we heard it. Thou shalt not plant thee a grove of any trees near unto the altar. Don't mix no trees with my worship tree. Why did he tell them that? Because pagans worship trees. Why do you think they call them tree huggers? You heard the term tree huggers? Because they worship nature. And they would bring those trees to the altar of Yahweh, trying to mix that word. God said, don't bring no tree to my altar. Do y'all know the Bible said that? Don't bring no tree and call it my worship. All right. Brother Vaughn, we do it for the kids. Let me tell you something. Your children need
3: truth. They will love you for truth. You're not there to make them happy. My children I would have shown them what
1: to celebrate the God of the Bible he said don't bring no trees in my church do you know your God said that and yet nobody cares Sister Christine why don't you read First Jeremiah chapter 10 let's read those first four verses Jeremiah chapter 10 and then brother Ricky would you grab for us Uh, Jeremiah 7 and 18. And then, Pastor Kendrick, would you get Jeremiah 44 and 17? And we're ready whenever you are, Sister Christine.
5: Where
1: do you want me to start? Jeremiah 10, 1 through 4.
5: Okay. Hear ye the word which which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the sons of heaven, or the heathen are dis- dismayed at them. For the custom of the
1: people are vain. Hold on right there. The traditions of the pagans are vanity. Read.
5: For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe
1: and then what do they do
5: they deck it with silver and with gold they fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not
1: wow the customs of the pagans was to go cut down a tree bring it in their home and worship it Brother, Paul, we don't worship a tree really how many gifts have you ever knelt down and put under it how many times have you sent your tree, your child, to the tree to get their blessings from the tree? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brother Vine, we ain't ready, why? I don't care why you do it. God ain't worried about why you do it. He's worried about how you do it. Just do it God's way. When it comes to Feast of Tabernacles, shame on us. Where was your sukkah during tabernacle? where was your festivities during the holy days I'm going to tell you God has put a burden on my heart for this ministry for next year you're going to see a tabernacle like you ain't never seen for the first part of it we're going to put a tent up behind this church and have a tent revival for about three or four nights hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, under a tent. And then we're going to all go for the next weekend and we're all going to go camping somewhere and we're going to celebrate with our families. they want to have a family get together. We're going to have one. Hallelujah. Woo, COVID got us this year, but I ain't shutting nothing down for COVID next year. Praise God. Shame on us. We drag out trees, but we can't build a super. See? See, we got to get it together. And I'm not jumping on nobody because I didn't do it right myself this year. God dealt with me. You asked ask my wife. I was so troubled during Tabernacle. So troubled. So troubled. You were too, brother? So troubled that we wasn't doing it right. Not that God, you know, if you can, you can. If you can't, you can. not But ain't nobody here can't go put some tree limbs against your house and make you a little cling to. Why? If we can do it for the world, we can do it for God. Just ma'am.
5: If you remember, also, during Tabernacles, you know, Satan tried to step in and bring that storm in.
1: That's true Everybody worried about, about the storm We had COVID for Passover Storm for Tabernacles But I dare the devil to try next year Because I'm, I'm keeping it whatever we got to do I want to load our families up People don't have money I understand that But there's something we can do that's cheap And everybody get together And we're going to Tabernacle Oh yes we are We're going to do it right Hallelujah Alright now let's go uh, Who's got Jeremiah 7 and 18 Read it.
2: And the children gathered wood, and the fathers kindled the fire, and the woman comes to dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven. Wow! And to pour out drink offerings unto other mighty ones.
1: Now this is the Easter celebration If you want to see the Easter celebration Read the whole chapter of Jeremiah 7 You'll find out where they go out And worship the sun And now after they do that They come in and they turn on the stove And start making their little Easter Y'all ever seen the Easter buns With the crosses on them What they call them The little whatever This is what they're doing They're making cakes to the queen of heaven Easter morning Go read your Bible. You'll never do it again. Daddy, why don't we read 44 and 17 of Jeremiah.
2: But we will certainly do whatsoever things go forth out of our own mouth to burn incense unto, them, unto the Queen of Heaven and to pour out great offering unto her as we have done... We and our fathers, our kings, and our princes in the cities of Judah, and in the streets of Jerusalem, for then had we planned or plenty of victuals, and were
1: well, and saw no evil. Before we started doing pagan holidays, Israel said we were blessed. But the minute we started baking cakes to Ishtar, we saw evil come upon us. And you can read on through there. We don't have time tonight, but you'll see whenever they decided they wasn't going to do that no more, that the blessings begin to overtake them because they said, we're done with the ways of the heathen. Amen. Yahweh, we're going to do it your way. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, now let's go to the next screen. Let me try to get y'all out of here. What about Easter Sunday? Let's go to the next screen. I've already talked about this. What happened on this Easter Sunday? You, if, if you want to read about Easter Sunday, you can go to Ezekiel eight and sixteen. We're not going to read it tonight, but it says that they worship the sun towards the east. How many's ever been to a sunrise service and they told you let's look towards the east? And we start worshiping. We think we worship in the Lord. Our hearts are pure. We didn't know no better. But we were practicing what they've been. You see that sun? You see all those pagans out there? They're worshiping the sun. It's their, they go every Easter morning and do the same thing. Hallelujah. Eggs were dyed red. Because they killed their children that was born. And they would drip their blood in the eggs. And that's why the official Easter egg color is red. These things I don't have time to even get into tonight. Next screen. It's just an egg, Brother Vaughn. Nothing but an egg. Y'all can read them scriptures when you get a chance. I'm running out of time tonight. 1 Samuel 7, 3 through 4. At the sunrise service, the priest of Easter or Ishtar would impregnate the virgin on the altar of the sun, the Baal. Then they would take the children born from the previous impregnation, sacrifice those children to Baal, and then dye the eggs with their blood. And that's the reason that there were red eggs, historical facts. Forty days before Easter, they would start weeping for Tammuz, the son of God, the son of Baal. Have you ever heard of something called Lent? How long does Lent last? Forty days. days. Children, you need to know this. I've got to get y'all out of here. Next screen. Lucifer has created a fraud. Next screen. No, I go back once one brother Ken. Either we're apostolic or we're not. I'm closing. We are not messianic Jews. We're not into Judaism. We are apostolic. Let's find out if we're apostolic.
4: Amen.
1: Daddy, what's the word, mama? What's the word apostolic mean? Yeah. Like the apostles. That's right. So, if we're apostolic, let's see if we're. Let's see. Let's do a quick test. Let's go to the next screen. Apostolics kept the Sabbath, the covenant, the law, and his word. Next screen. Next screen. I don't have time for all of this. I don't have time. Next screen. Let's search our apostolic roots. Can we find Easter anywhere in the days of the apostles? Nowhere. Not one apostle ever kept Easter, but guess what every one of them did keep? Passover. Now there's one verse, I'm going to show you something interesting, Acts 12 and 4, I'm going to read it to you. And it says, When they apprehended him, put him in prison, delivered him to the soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter, Easter, to bring him forth to the people. Oh, Brother Vaughn, I thought you said Easter wasn't in the Bible. That's why you got to study. That word Easter is one of the grossest mistranslations in the whole Bible. Go look at the word that's in the original. Pesach, which is the Hebrew word for Passover. They changed the name Passover to Easter. Easter. Why does it matter Brother Vaughn God knows our hearts God knows What we intend I'm going to tell you why it matters And I'm going to tell you real fast Ephesians 5 27 that he might present It to himself A glorious church Without Spot or wrinkle
3: or any such thing, but that this church should be holy without blemish. That's the church he's coming back for. One that says we might have done it wrong in the past, but I've seen
1: No, but brother, he's here to open your eyes to apostolic ways, apostolic truth. Perfection is not an option, church. Did you know perfection's not an option? He said we must become perfect. Did you know your Bible said that? Brother I ain't nobody perfect. That's a lie. Jesus Christ is. And he lives in me. And that perfection that's in me, I'm working it out of me. Hallelujah. He's perfecting us more and more. Showing us more and more. To bring us more and more into the
3: perfect stature of the Son.
1: quickly oh hallelujah did the early church observe Easter did the apostles observe Christmas or Easter if not then why does a church built on the foundation of the
3: apostles observe what no apostle ever
1: observed but we're apostolic not one apostle kept anything but God's holy days don't you call yourself apostolic if we don't do it the way of the apostles. He they the foundation we're built on. There's no observance of Easter until twenty years after the last apostle died and the Roman Pope. Um, change Passover for Easter and I promise you were closing children I'm to the end of this thing I needed four hours to teach this the way it should be taught but I want to read to you 1 John 2 and 18 little children it is the last days and as if you were heard Antichrist will come even now there are many Antichrist. Whereby we know it is the last day. Anything that is against God and the ways of God is anti-God. Anti-Christ. Don't get in the Antichrist system. If it ain't the Bible way,
3: it ain't the right way it ain't the Bible way. It ain't the right way. Oh God,
1: show us the right way. Help us to walk in the right ways of God. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 7. Hallelujah. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 7. I just want to read this verse to you now. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Right now that Antichrist is working to steal time to change time to change the celebrations of God to celebrations of false gods next screen quickly can you see the deception Can you see the deception? The entire church system has adopted the counterfeit. They believe the anti-system story. Yet when we try to teach them these festivals, we are rejected. This is why we cry out, There must be a witness of truth in the earth today. No! nobody was going to listen, but he had to be a witness of truth. Let's all stand tonight. And why don't we thank God with a hand
3: clap of praise for a glorious light of truth that is shining.
1: Now this is the last night I'll teach on the holidays. I'm going to give y'all a break. But this is how we're going to bring every one of you. Because if you don't understand these things, you'll just think we're strange. But when you understand God's word. Tonight, if you've done anything that's been involved with that system. Not a moment of condemnation. All you have to do is say, Father, I'm sorry and I'll never do it again. Teach me your ways tonight. Teach me how to walk in the word of God. Hallelujah. I've kept you too long tonight, I'm so sorry. But I had a lot of ground to cover. Go ahead and turn that off, brethren. I want to say this to those that are in this building, thank you for loving truth. Thank you for helping me. Sister Stephanie, thank you for all these years of standing with truth. Thank you. Sister Hope, Brother Butch, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Y'all are saints of God, precious, persecuted, but precious. What God's doing
3: It's for eternity, what God's making of me, it's for eternity.
1: I know it's hard Christmas will be here very soon and I know you have family that don't understand this way I want to say something to you don't be stupid about it use wisdom you don't have to tell your family they're wrong or they're horrible you don't have to preach to them it's never wrong to get together with family. God loves family. If they invite you over for Christmas lunch, you go
3: to lunch and you walk in and you love everybody. You don't walk into, oh, 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 I'm buying that Christmas spirit. you don't do that. Don't love your family.
1: The tradition starts where they start going to the tree and all of that. You can just let them know nicely beforehand. We might have to slip out a little early. But don't love your family. It's never wrong to love family and to be with family. But then you tell them you're in Hanukkah.
3: You come into my house. You're in. We're going to exchange gifts at my house and then you invite them
1: to see the truth. Hallelujah. God don't call us to judge and condemn. To judge but not to condemn. So don't be crazy and don't be religious. There is sin. Say "Ooh, I'll come eat some food. But we won't participate in the trappings. God bless you tonight. Let's give the Lord one final hand praise
3: Shabbat,
0: shalom, and good night. Thank you for listening, and we pray that your life was spiritually impacted by the truths presented to you in this edition of Zion's Call, distributed by SL Voices. So many others need to hear this untold story of the coming kingdom of God. Shane and Karen Vaughn would be grateful if you took the time now to help us reach the nations of the world by sharing this podcast on your social media platforms right now. Once you've done this, we have a free gift for you. One of Shane Vaughan's books will be sent to you free of charge when you visit our website, firstharvestchurch.org. There is absolutely no cost or obligation. It is our love gift to you for sharing this podcast with your friends. Pastor Shane and Karen Vaughn of First Harvest Ministries have over 500 teaching videos available on their rapidly growing YouTube channel. Simply search in your YouTube for First Harvest Ministries and subscribe today. Please look forward to next week for the next teaching presented on Zion's call. Until then, may you be reminded, the kingdom of God, the Almighty Yahweh, is coming very soon. The wicked shall cease from troubling, and the weary shall be at rest. If you have not made yourself ready, you can do so with true repentance and baptism in His name, and walking in obedience to His commands. If you have not done so, please make that commitment today. Until next time, Maranatha.